everybody. Welcome in to the first edition of Bowl Predictions brought to you by us good folks at, uh, at Inside Nebraska. Um, is sort of a loose and fun podcast, and hopefully with some actual analysis. That'll probably be from Steve with the serious football analysis and the other three just <laughs> kind of kind of mess around for a little bit. Um, kind of want to do this every every Friday for uh, for game week, just to kind of give something fun to uh, to lay out and um, get bold, get weird, guys. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Uh, I don't know how bold you're going to get. I know Steve – Steve texted me with one where he's like, is that dumb or is it bold? I'm like, and all I could think of is the line from the office, like, is bold the right word? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know about my, I don't know if I went bold enough. So I guess we will see. What's funny is actually, uh, I, I've done these before and I came up with a point system like midway through the season uh, because people were asking like, so who's, who's weighing the standings for the bold predictions? We're like, we don't have standings. So I, I came up with a, with a scoring system that I'll carry over here. I guess we could lay it down right now, actually. So my made up scoring system, that's kind of like whose line is it anyway, where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Um, <laughs> I, I think I said, you get one point if you get your bold prediction right, you get an extra bonus point if it's extra bold. So if you say like Casey Thompson's gonna throw six touchdown passes and he does, you get two points. You get a half a point if you're if you, um a half a point for getting the correct winner and then another full point if you get the total score right i think that's what it was i'm trying to remember off the cuff here i think i maybe even gave out a half a point for if you got your prediction close but that's very subjective i think i just added that to give myself more half points so i could jump up in the made up standings but We'll uh, we'll workshop that. You guys are learning just as we are on the fly here. Um, I'm over I'm over in Dublin uh, on the ground for Nebraska season opener on Saturday, five thirty local time, eleven thirty a.m. Central time. Um, actually, as we're recording this, we're exactly twenty seven hours away from kickoff. Steve, you do you have a do you have a countdown by the seconds over there? Just <laughs> give me football. No, I'm just at a kind of a standstill in my wife uh in my life just waiting for this thing to happen I feel like I've just been I don't know it's I've been stuck in mud and and yesterday kind of felt I don't know about you guys yesterday kind of felt like the day where it started like people around here started feeling like hey we got football in two days like I mean Greg you're talking about your the tingle that you felt inside it was it was it was really fun <laughs> I, I don't know I didn't know if we were bringing the tingle in my plums um <laughs> out uh to this podcast but yes i was excited um it does feel like football is back I, i'm with you steve like yesterday like the board activity um at inside nebraska oh, yeah. just people like if you would like like left your house yesterday did you start to see like husker flags and all of that stuff I was out of the high school football game last night like it feels like you know things are back yeah, Jeff, are you excited this year? I mean, you had the Adrian Martinez show last year, and there was a bunch of different things that you were keeping up with um, while going through the Athletes Unfiltered podcast. Is this like kind of a reset or refreshing for you since you don't have, I guess, that on your on your plate? Yeah, I mean, it is, like you said, refreshing not to have, I guess, a stake in the team in terms of because there's a direct correlation there with the podcast. But no, it'll be it'll be cool because 
bunch of new faces, a bunch of coaching staff changes. It's going to be a refreshing look at the team. Uh, and yeah, this is a very important stage of this program. And so being able to just come along for the ride and see what happens. I'm really, I'm really excited. Yeah. And we're uh, inching closer and closer, Steve. I think you, I think yesterday was probably uh, when it really set in that football is right around the corner because the Al Pacino speech, I think, I don't think that, that was thinly veiled, your excitement there. So did you watch that clip before we recorded to get yourself hyped up? I uh, I have not done it today, but yesterday I probably watched it like five or six times. Yeah, I've, I'm not I'm not kidding. I've watched it like if I'm at, at like at the gym before, if I'm trying to like hype myself up, get through the last half of the workout. I'm like, all right, Al, come on, bring it home for me. The inches we need are everywhere around us. Now, right in your face <laughs> and we're ready to go and speaking of ready to go we're going to start off with bold predictions um we're going to go with uh where my screen is we're going to go clockwise starting uh down below here with steve in the bottom right square it's hollywood squares and whose line is it anyway references today <laughs> but steve what's uh what's your first bold prediction okay so um Marcus Buford, Marquise Buford Jr., who we believe to be starting opposite of Miles Farmer at safety in the defensive backfield. I think Marquise, Marcus Buford Jr. is going to um, have the third most tackles. Now, I say third most. That may be oddly specific because I think, obviously, the two inside linebackers, Luke Reimer and Nick Henrick, will be one and two in the tackle uh, rankings after the game. Um, but as for that third spot, I think. Buford is going to really show that that he's a solid tackler and he's not afraid despite his small frame um, to stick his nose in there and and um, kind of make people feel him ball 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 carriers feel him so uh, I mean he's a black shirt as a second year player that's really impressive the coaches glow about him I'm just really really interested um, to see him at work and I think he's going to be a, a really strong tackler in Nebraska's defensive backfield so Mark Marcus Buford Jr. Um, third most tackles um, against Northwestern. Coming out of the gates hot with a real bold one but honestly like that kind of is bold because I mean he's a secondary player and um, it's interesting because I think you're on the money there like what Travis Fisher was talking about uh, Quentin Newsom and Travis Fisher uh, Quentin at Big Ten Media Days and Fisher a couple days later talked about just his motor and how he's just always flying sideline to sideline like doesn't really give up on plays and is always giving that all-out effort so I feel like yeah we could see could see him flying around right and making uh, double-digit tackles possibly. Yeah and can, um, just depending on how the game goes what Northwestern's offense wants to do against Nebraska's defense I could see um, if if Shenander wants another hat in the tackle box, I could see Buford being that safety who kind of rotates down to linebacker level and just letting him go to work. I, and I'm, and uh, Miles Farmer behind him, kind of playing center field behind him. So um, I, I I think that there's a strong possibility of that happening. I'm anxious to see if it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really like the potential that Buford chose. And um, boy, he he was super passionate when when he was interviewed about getting his black shirt, and that was really cool. And I think it, I think it means a lot to him and. I think he's going to come in there and, and really kind of open eyes. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of eight in the box and trying to stop that Northwestern running game, that's kind of a perfect segue into Jeff. I know what one of your bold predictions was, was that uh, that Northwestern running game. So hit him with us, hit, hit him out of the gate strong here with what you got. 
So, yeah, I'm going to go after the Northwestern run game a little bit and say that they get at least three rushing touchdowns on Saturday in Irish soil. I don't quite – I'm not bought on the defensive line for Nebraska just yet. A lot of new faces are within the rotation. That obviously is going to have some growing pains, and I foresee more of that than highlights on Saturday. This group will – the defensive line group will improve, uh, no doubt about it, but it's going to be an adjustment with a bunch of new guys on a – in Ireland. Um, and I also like Northwestern's offensive line, obviously Skaronsky on the outside. He's giving me a first rounder. Um, got to get another side on the right tackle. Steve, you'd probably know his name. I don't want to try and pronounce it. I'd probably butcher it, but no, I think they got the pieces there to establish a run game. And obviously the, I think last year's experience, especially with this coaching staff taking away from last year where teams did load up in the box, I think is going to help them uh, this year with the run game, considering I think they're going to have an improved offensive line and they have that experience of teams just not respecting their passing game at all. Um, and so I think with those two factors combined, I think that suits up for Northwestern to kind of run rampant a little bit um, come Saturday. Yeah, that, that defensive line is something that I think we've all talked about ad nauseum of like, are they are they talented enough? Are they experienced enough? Are they deep enough? Because you really only have what Ty Robinson and then um, Colton Feast, awesome story, but I feel like we're all in agreement. He's still a former walk-on. Like um, he could he could blow up and have an awesome year this year. I mean, he's clearly shown the coaches in practice. I mean, they've, uh, Shenander's been, um, giving him praise all season he earned a black shirt too so um it's certainly possible but still I think uh it's one of those situations like a lot of these positions like the secondary for instance of a lot of talent but they still have to prove it so I think um this first game yeah I I I said this on a radio show last night that from Nebraska from Northwestern's offensive standpoint I think a key to the path to a win is controlling um controlling the ball and grinding it out on the uh, grinding out the clock with, with the run game. So you can attack that middle of the defense or middle of the, of the line and get chunk plays and get yourself into third and shorts um, where you could run or pass. And it's not an obvious passing situation. Yeah. I think it could bode well for them, but uh, Greg hit us with it. I've been waiting on you this whole time. <laughs> I know you got a good one for us. I actually don't know if you have a good one for us. I can't remember which one you what you good. said. Good. I'm I'm glad I'm glad that I will I will surprise you with this. And it's funny because you know Jeff was talking about Northwestern's offensive line, and you know there it's a good offensive line, and I do think um their left tackle is good. I got questions <laughs> about the rest of that line. Um, and therefore my bold prediction or my first bold prediction is that Nebraska will rack up at least five sacks in this game. So here's how we got there with five. And it, like Steve, I like me and Steve are in sync here because I'm like, it's an oddly specific number, like his third tackles uh, for Marquise Buford. Uh, but the reason we got to five is because Nebraska's high watermark last season for sacks in a game was four. Um, actually, and it was against Northwestern as well. Um, and so I think that Nebraska with an improved pass rush, um, led by kind of this three-headed monster of Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis, Caleb Tanner, um, and Caleb still intimidating me from that picture of the black shirts that they tweeted out uh, from the Huskers account. If you haven't seen that, it's all over social. Um, but that trio 
plus, don't forget about the ability to blitz from the inside with Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich. Um, and then even those guys at corner, Tommy Hill, um, Quentin Newsom, like we've seen Eric Shenander bring some of those types of blitzes too. I think Nebraska gets home at least five times in this game, um, which would be a hugely positive sign going with what Jeff's prediction is about the rushing touchdowns because Nebraska, if they get those five sacks, that also means that they kept Northwestern in those passing situations and out of those very third and manageables. Uh, so yeah, five sacks, book it. That's kind of a perfect segue into mine too, because uh, I wanted to go a sack fumble route because it's what we keep talking about. Like if we, if we see that package of uh, Caleb Tanner, O'Shawn Mathis and Garrett Nelson all in the field, like if they get, if they can get Northwestern or any team this year, but specifically Northwestern for this weekend, if they can get them into those third and sevens, third and nine situations where they're clearly going to have to pass the ball. I just, I don't believe in Ryan Holinsky as a quarterback. And I think he's going to be susceptible to, um, to losing the ball in the pocket if he has those guys bearing down on him. So I'm going to go the uh, Nebraska defense forces three turnovers after what they've, they forced 13 last year. And that was, I think, uh, I think it was, they finished 12th in the big 10 ahead of like, I think it was Indiana and um, I can't remember the other team, but I'm pretty sure they finished 12th for the fewest amount of turnovers forced. They're going to stack three after the first game. And to go bold, I'm going to go with two sack fumbles, two strip sacks, um, and an interception. Interception by Tommy Hill, and we're going to keep the hype train rolling on Tommy Hill. Wouldn't that be perfect after this entire offseason, over and over and over, that we hear Tommy Hill, Tommy Hill, he's going to have his jersey up in the rafters, which is like incredibly high praise from Travis Fisher. Wouldn't it be kind of perfect, fit like a pretty cool narrative if, uh, if Tommy Hill does come up with that interception, and I'm not predicting he houses it for uh, for six, <laughs> but it, I'll, I'm going to uh, predict that he uh, he snags one um, on Saturday. But or who knows? Maybe he's one of those players who the hype didn't uh, the production didn't match the hype after a whole off season of just. Uh, if he gets if he gets that pick six, do you get half a point? No, just throwing I, it out there. I didn't officially put it. I see, okay. I, it's not an. Rule. It's not officially on the docket. All right. All right. Exactly. That's a rule of full predictions. You can't just like start throwing out. Well, maybe this <laughs> could happen or that could happen, and then retroactively be like, "Oh, see, well, I did say it could happen." You gotta, okay. you gotta be a man. Put your foot down and uh, put it in ink or put it on record. In this case, that's uh, that's a bold prediction. But Steve, you got your, we got your next one. Uh, yeah. So, man, I need to up my boldness here. Timmy Bleak Road, the field goal kicker. I, I think he's going to be 100% on his field goal attempts on Saturday. How's that for boldness? Still, still low mark, right? Like, I know. I mean, but, uh, just considering, considering last year, like what Nebraska fans went through in the field goal kicking game. Um, I, I just think that however many attempts he's going to get, I think he's going to make all of them. And I think it's just going to be a breath of fresh air for Nebraska fans um, to have a, a field goal kicker that you can depend on. Um, they had, um, I, I, I don't know. I just think it's going to, with, with the new offense and, the, and it being a season opener, I think the defenses might be ahead of the offenses a little bit here. And I think that Mark Whipple's offense, Nebraska's offense could maybe move well between the twenties. Um, but once they get closer to the closer to the end zone, I think Northwestern's defense might 
um, you know, tighten up and, and um, do a little better against the offense, which will lead to more field goal attempts. And I don't know, I just got a good feeling about Timmy Bleakroad from his time at Furman. And um, I think he's going to make all of his field goal attempts. Um, however many that, however many that is on Saturday. And Jeff, real quick before you go, um, since Steve, you did uh, most of the Northwestern scouting uh, between the two of us. And by that, I mean, all of the Northwestern scouting between the two of us. Um, isn't that kind of what Northwestern's defenses are known for is buckling up in the red zone? I mean, what do you anticipate them having that same, that same MO this year and same MO on Saturday? Yeah, it's a definitely a bend, but don't break um, kind of culture on defense over there um, with, with uh, Mike Hankwitz, who's not the D DC anymore, but a couple of years ago he was, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that that might, might have a really good chance of happening just because of all the newness on offense with Nebraska. Um, I, you know, I'm just not sure how, how polished the red zone offense is going to be, how polished the offense just in general is going to be, but I could see them moving to, moving to the ball and then just stalling out all the time on Saturday and then just having, having a bleak road there um, to be an effective field goal kicker. I, I think that's just going to be a really good thing to have. And I think we could see some, a lot, a, a lot of field goal attempts maybe on Saturday. And Jeff, you have a special teams related goal prediction as well. No, no, uh, no kicks fielded at the two yard line this year. <laughs> Unfortunately, no, but I'll stick with special teams like Steve did, and I'll go with Brian Bruschini. I'm saying his yards per punt is at least 45 yards. I like what he's brought over the offseason. He brings, I don't know, a sense of professionalism to the punter position. Um, I really liked when he had his latest media availability a week or two ago when he talked about how the coaches set him up with professional, former Husker professional punters like Sam Cook a 16-year NFL veteran. They set him up with veterans like that to discuss and get feedback off uh, just certain routines and techniques. And I really like what they did with that. And I feel like that's going to translate well onto the field. And remember too, he did mention that he, they are preparing for any type of weather. They punted when it was raining outside. So they're getting used to all sorts of different scenarios that they're going to be put in. And I, I like Brian Buscini. I think he's going to do good. I think the special team unit is going be revamped this season i think that's going to show with him averaging at least 45 yards a punt um in ireland yeah jeff you did the like story on him didn't he didn't he gain like how many pounds of muscle did he gain over the offseason i can't remember what the number was or like what the physical changes were exactly i can't yeah i can't recall exactly either but i think it was in the realm of 10 pounds um something like that but yeah he gained a lot of weight and he has the he mentioned he's a lot of confidence um especially with bill bush now in charge of that special teams unit he connected well with bill and i think yeah i just like i like the vibes of the special teams unit i guess <laughs> what they've been putting out again we could say that with any group but i think with the way they've redone this the way they're approaching it they're taking it seriously now i think that's gonna show and i like brian buscini there in charge of the punting unit yeah, it's funny, like from the outside looking in at like not someone who wasn't following Nebraska at all over the last year or over last year, um, who didn't know anything about it at all, be like, they're making special teams, bold predictions. Like those are so simple. 45 yards, uh, yard average on punts, the kicker's not gonna miss any field goals, but it's like, yeah, that actually is kind of bold compared to what they had to deal with deal with last year. And as far as the field conditions, um, 
Fro uh, Scott Frost at the press conference, I'm reading the quote, said on the wind of the uh, potential impact on the kicking game, said it's definitely windier outside than uh, than it is in. It seems like a pretty controlled environment, so I don't anticipate any big problems. Um, it is a little chillier here, not like cold, but I mean, right now it's 63, probably uh, the low for tomorrow is 50 degrees. Um, and by the time second half is kicking off, or at least the fourth quarter, it'll probably um, be in that low to mid 50s range with the sun going down and everything. So, and it's natural grass. I know a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff is always made about that. I mean, covering Ohio State Northwestern game in 2019, literally all week, it was in Evans, the game was in Evanston all week. People were talking about how big of an effect is the grass going to be, the grass, the grass. I'm like, why did we, why did we have to have Ryan Day spend 10 minutes of a filibuster talking about grass? And then they went out and won by like 50 points. So, um, because doesn't Ryan Field keep it super long? Yeah, th yeah, that's why, that's why. But I mean, still, when, uh, when we showed up there, it's like, I think it was a little overblown because I was expecting like, I don't know, like a abandoned apartment complex type of grass like <laughs> the way up to your to your head. But um, yeah, I mean, checking out checking out the field, I looked at the grass yesterday. Good grass over there at, at Viva Stadium. <laughs> and they have two big signs that say keep off of the grass, which reminds me of Shrek and Duloc. But that's two Shrek references in as many days. Greg, get me off of this. Go with your next bowl. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I can follow the Shrek reference. Um, and it's funny, though, that you say that about the special team stuff. I am not going special teams, but those do feel very bold to me, um, considering what we've all kind of had to endure uh, over the last couple of years. But mine is related to the running back. So all fall camp i've been on the anthony grant train i i have been there a car carrier member i'm driving the driving the bus to train whatever mode of transportation we want to go with so i'm going to say that nebraska has a hundred yard rusher in this game against northwestern now i think the last year's game was the only one that they had a hundred like northwestern's game last year was the only game in which they had a running back go for a hundred yards um when yant did it but I'm going to throw a curveball, and this is going to be an extra bold one, um, so I can get that bonus point. Gabe Irvin will actually be the player, though, <laughs> that ends up getting the 100-yard game. Jeff was talking about the vibes, and he led me in perfectly with this. I've been feeling the vibes from Gabe Irvin. I, you saw some mm -hmm. of the stuff like th with him throughout fall camp. Like He just seems focused. He's huge. He's bigger now. He was big before. He's bigger now. Um, and it seems like even through the rehab from the knee injury, um, he's been able to add really good mass um, to his frame. And I think that those two, him and Grant, will provide a really nice one-two punch. But I could just see Gaber from breaking one off um, that propels him to a hundred yard game. Um, so I, I'm going to go with that as my bold prediction. And it's funny, and already I can feel what Zach's going to say because you're going to say our bold predictions included a couple of special teams things and, and a hundred yard rusher, um, which is not all that uncommon. But if you go look for Nebraska, that has definitely both of those things, especially that rusher, which I think has now kind of become a sore point um, for Nebraska football fans um, with how the running game tradition is around here. It, I, I think it counts as bold. No, it counts as bold. It's different worlds because I'm used to, all right, is Travion Henderson, should I predict him to have 200 rushing yards or 250 yards rushing? Like who's going to be, is, is it going to be Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson, who I'm going to predict to have 
to score three touchdowns this week. So, I mean, it's different worlds because the programs are at completely different levels. Um, with with Anthony Grant, uh, uh, whoever wants to answer this, if anyone has thoughts, um, there's a couple of weeks ago, Anthony Grant, uh, we reported that he was emerging as the number one running back, but it feels like uh, over the past couple of weeks, Gabe Irvin, like you're, like you were saying, Greg is kind of started to, I, I don't know if um, he's uh, supplanted Grant as the RB one, or if they're, they might be neck and neck, like RB one a and RB one uh, B or whatever. Um, I don't know. It feels like uh, Irvin's stock has been uh, sort of steadily rising over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's felt like that to me that we we did start off with like really hot with Anthony Grant and it felt like he was going to ascend towards really taking a hold of that job. And Gabe Irvin just seems like I'm just talking to people just never really went away. Right. Um, and it's just been kind of steady in that race. And I do think that it's fair to say, like, I don't think that even whichever one starts, I don't think that it's going to be like he's the only one that sees carries by any means. I think that the other one will play. And in fact, a probably a third running back probably gets in there um you're going to see Ramir kind of line up at some point in the backfield as well like coming from that that wide back position right um like I, I think that you'll see multiple running backs back there but I do think that those two Grant and Irvin have kind of separated themselves from the larger pack um and probably are a 1A 1B at this point yeah we've uh Steve did you have any other comments to throw in there well just to touch on Irvin, um, what a story that that is going to be, because I'm with you, Greg, I think he's going to play quite a bit. And I'm also with you in thinking that there's going to be a, a pretty good rotation at running back. I believe it's not just going to be all Anthony Grant getting the carries, I don't think, especially um, for the season opener and maybe even bleeding into North Dakota and Georgia Southern. Um, so until they can, until Applewhite gets a really good look at what these guys can actually do in a game setting. But um, yeah, getting back to the story of like Gabe Irvin, um, like he started um, last year. He was a true freshman, beat out all these guys. I know Grant wasn't here last year, but he still won the job last year because he played with such a maturity that you don't really see with with true freshman running backs in college. He was out there picking up blitzes on third downs. You know, you just don't see that from like 18 year old true freshman. Um, and and to to have him go through that knee injury against Oklahoma be out the entire year, go through a rehab process, see his running back coach get fired, a new one hired who didn't know who he was, and then just to not go through spring ball and pick things up in fall camp and now be in the position that he is right now. That's absolutely incredible stuff from Gabe Irvin. Every single time that that dude talks, maturity. It just looks like maturity. Like he's a grown adult already. I just love everything that Gabe Irvin is kind of showing right now. And I absolutely am going to be rooting for him this year to do well, um, just because of the person that he is. But on the field, too, I think he's he's going to be like the whole package. You you mentioned his his body frame, um, six foot one. He's around 220 pounds, he said earlier in an interview. And that's 10 pounds bigger than he was last year. Um, so I, I'm just really excited to see what he can bring. Um, he's fast. He's strong. He can block, too. Um, I think Nebraska's running back room is sitting in a really good spot right now. Yeah. And speaking of Gabe Irvin and um, him talking with the media, it was, it was, uh, it was Irvin who was two, three weeks ago was talking about the staffing changes and how I, I can't remember. I think he said 180 80 degree difference or uh, he said night and day difference between last year and this year. Um, 
just Steve, I, I don't know if you have thoughts on this, like, and you're kind of touching on it right there, but with, with, with Gabe Irvin, um, now that he's back and now he has a new offensive coordinator, new running backs coach, but in Mark Whipple's system, do you see how he would fit into, into that, um, his offensive schemes as far as what's, uh, what Irvin brings to the, to the field? Yeah, so just watching some of the pit stuff last year, like obviously Whipple threw the ball a lot um, all three years he was at Pitt, but I, I just think that like um, Irvin is going to do everything that he he everything that you need a running back to do in an offense. I think Irvin is capable of doing that, and obviously Anthony Grant's going to be capable of doing that too, um, as well as other running backs if they if they get the opportunity too. So. Um, I, I have no reservations about, you know, Irvin and and kind of what what he needs to do or or what he can't do out there. I think he can do everything. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see how Whipple wants to do, wants to use running backs in his offense. Um, you know, there's been some talk about how it's going to be a Scott Frost run game and a Mark Whipple uh, pass game. So if it's a if it's a Scott Frost run game, I mean, we saw we saw what what that looks like last year with all the orbit motions and we'll see it. We'll see if the triple option stuff makes an appearance um, on Saturday. I'm, I'm not completely sold on if it will, um, although it, it might be smart just to toss it out there and, and see if, how Northwestern's defense reacts to it because they reacted so poorly to it last year. Why not try it for a little bit and see and see and see if it happens and see if it works. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Gabe Irvin Jr. in a in a Mark Whipple offense is gonna is gonna do well. Yeah, and speaking of the pit offense and Whipple, going back to Greg's hundred yard bold prediction. Yeah, this is Mark Whipple. I mean, Pat Narduzzi will tell you that they didn't run the ball enough last year, so maybe <laughs> maybe we could add an extra half a point for boldness. Uh, we can't do that on a hundred yard rusher, though. We can't add an extra point. For boldness yeah I, I feel like that that's a little much we yeah I'm with you if, if I had said 120 but no what 100 is is probably that's fine we can leave it at no extra half point that's fine so we've gone now over 25 minutes uh damn near 30 minutes and we haven't talked about the quarterbacks really we haven't talked about Casey Thompson and I'm gonna assume that that's just like awesome unspoken chemistry between the four of us with you three knowing that I was going to want to talk about Casey Thompson and the quarterbacks I always do um that's why I was on the uh, Ireland radio um sports talk show today and they asked who's like who are the guys that casual fans need to uh be focused on I'm like I talked about Casey Thompson for like the majority of the time I'm like I mean if we're boiling it down to one I named rattled off a handful of others but I'm like if we're keeping it simple Number 11, Casey Thompson um, is the guy to watch. He's the guy I'm going to be focused on the entire time. It's who most Nebraska fans and just fans in uh, general who are watching the game are going to be focused on. And they are not going to be disappointed on Saturday because Casey Thompson is going to account for every Nebraska offensive touchdown in the game. And when I do my score prediction, I'll tell you how many, I guess. But actually, you know what? I'll just go ahead and tell you now. He's going to account for four offensive touchdowns for Nebraska and if I want to go extra bold which isn't that bold but I'm gonna go three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown I know we've we've talked a lot about the quarterbacks involved in the run game how um how I mean Whipple's been asked about that and I think he said in his one of his most recent availabilities like he was kind of trying to give a non-answer answer of 
yeah, we want to use him, but uh, we also don't, we want to keep him healthy, but he wasn't going to give anything schematically away. So um, I do think they'll use him, but I mean, not like uh, he's not going to be rushing the ball 10 times up the middle or anything like that. So I've got Casey Thompson having a big day and uh, get that uh, Johnny Unitas golden arm award, get that, get that churning a bit more and maybe um, the, the Davey O'Brien award get extra chip on his shoulder for not being uh named to the watch list for that but um i don't know i think like steve was saying though i i traditionally defenses are always ahead of the offenses and i think that this could be in fact probably will be a low scoring game overall um or at least a defensive like i wouldn't say defensive slug fest i don't think it's gonna be 13 to 10 or anything like that but um it'll be interesting to see with entire new offensive staff other than Sean Becton new quarterback new running back pieces offensive line that's been mixing and matching and um new receiver transfers it's just so interesting to see how that transition is going to go in the first game that's a week earlier than than normal in Ireland you go from the middle of the U.S. all the way to Ireland after that whole trip all these extra um extra outline or outside factors going in like I just I do think that there's room for this could be wind up being sort of a um wouldn't even say helter skelter game but maybe out of rhythm just as uh Nebraska's offense tries to uh find its footing find its groove and Northwestern's offense just doesn't do well I just don't believe I don't believe in Ryan Holinsky or the Northwestern offense but um I guess we'll get into score predictions now uh, Steve, you can you can start us off and uh, let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, I, I agree with you that um, it, it's it's just a weird setting. Um, it's a super weird setting across an ocean, four thousand miles away. But I'm going 27 to 17, a uh, low scoring affair. Um, just like I've mentioned before, and and what you mentioned, Zach. I I just think we could see some rockiness on offense, um, and that that'll benefit the defenses. So. Uh, I'm just going with a 27-17 uh, Husker win. All right, Jeff, what we got? All right, I'm saying the Huskers score their most points in the opener since their South Alabama win in 2019. They take care of business 35-27 over Northwestern. Got played up since I have Northwestern at least three rushing touchdowns, so it's got to be a little high scoring for me. I just think Nebraska has too much firepower just I just think the talent Nebraska has is way more um and I think it'd be kind of a shock if they didn't win um but I will also say this it kind of goes along with what Zach you said about Tommy Hill I say Tommy Hill seals the deal with an interception late in the game is he gonna return for a touchdown no he's not <laughs> but he's gonna pick it off <laughs> dive, dive, diving catch on a comeback route Oh, we're getting oh, wow. Yeah, wow. On the sideline, far sideline, wow. comeback route, diving interception. Ooh. I'll put it out there now. Wow. That might be worth two extra bonus points. But yeah, they, buy, they, buy a lotto ticket if that happens. You just, you just really box yourself in there because if it's on, if it's an interception on a comeback route, diving on the near sideline, then we can't give you the bonus points because that was so specific. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna yeah, I just put my foot down for that on the go. But now, now we know we're establishing the rules. 
So Greg, what, what, uh, what do you got for us? <laughs> um, I, I think I'm, I'm going to make this a clean sweep on this one with a Husker win, uh, maybe a little bit lower score than what you guys had it. Uh, 24, 10, uh, is what I'm going to go with here. Um, that way we, we still get a couple of those field goals in for Timmy bleak road to hit hundred percent. Uh, like Steve said, uh, don't Nebraska's- forget about Timmy. Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to forget about Timmy. Um, I I like that. I th- I feel good about the specialist. Like, and how quickly that happened is just an amazing thing. As a side note, um, because boy, we were concerned about it. Think about where you were at the end of the Iowa game versus where you are now with special teams. It's a world away. Um, uh, but yeah, 24-10. I think Nebraska takes care of business. It's not always pretty, but it gets the job done and gives them something to build on. Um, and you'll take that going into a softer part of the schedule. Um, uh, coming up for the next couple couple of weeks I, I keep going back and forth on what final score I want to predict because of a few few different factors like I mean all the stuff we kept saying about um, Ireland trip and uh, offensive new faces and all that type of stuff defense always being ahead of the offense um, the uh, Nebraska last I saw was a 13 and a half point favorite and I think the over under was 49 and a half so they're not they're expecting a, a pretty um, comfortable Nebraska win but pretty low scoring and I'm curious what uh, uh, we don't have to get into this I guess uh, as, as we wrap up here but how you put recent history or uh, opponent matchup history into effect when making these predictions because I'm looking at it now uh, since since Nebraska joined the Big Ten in 2011 they played Northwestern 11 times other than last year's 56-7 game which was just a complete anomaly when looking at uh, the final scores between these two teams. Um, the other 10 matchups, eight of them were decided by eight points or fewer. And I sometimes it can be dangerous to like put that into uh, into consideration when making these predictions because new team, new season. But um, I mean, Pat Fitzgerald's still the head coach of Northwestern. They're always going to grind it out. And maybe not always as last year will show us, but typically they'll... Uh, They'll be they'll fight and grind and keep it close. Um, but I still have I have Nebraska covering the spread and I had I'm I'm taking the under, which life's too short to bet on the under, but I'm doing it anyway if I actually was betting. Um, I have Nebraska 28, Northwestern 14, a nice clean 28 to 14 game, no field goals, no nothing, which obviously means that there's gonna be a field goal on the very first drive of the game, but um Whatever I say here, it's never going to be as bad as the two. We got we got kind of weird on the Ohio State Bowl predictions. <laughs> Ohio State Michigan game. I predicted Aiden Hutchinson would not get would not uh tally any sacks. Pretty sure he had three in the first half, like five in the game. It was like the, the number one reason they won that game. Um, and then I predicted the Ohio State Utah Rose Bowl to be like a 24 20 game where it's a defensive <laughs> just defensive battle and then it's like 24 20 by the end of the first quarter it's like oh all right well whatever you win some you lose some something win some lose most but that's why it's bold predictions that's what we do here on the inside nebraska podcast um any parting thoughts for you for you guys uh before we go i gotta head out to uh his pep rally in marion square in dublin gotta go gotta go get Jacked up a little bit for this game, right? So any any last thoughts from you guys? 
it's 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 here game actual football is right here it's it's around the corner depending on when you're listening to this it could be coming up very shortly so yay yeah you could say yeah, my final my my final thought is just yeah it's it's here um tomorrow morning i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna be covering a game and i'm here it's awesome glad to be with you fellas it's gonna be great yeah no. i concur i concur with the rest I would like to add a point, though, Zachary mentioned about Pat Fitzgerald. I think tomorrow will be a real test of how much the new coaches are taking in effect. Because I think the reason why Northwestern has been able to keep up with Nebraska, uh, the reason why they've been so close to matches or football games these last few years has been because I think Pat Fitzgerald's coaching has kind of lifted them up from the lack of talent they've had compared to Nebraska. So I think with the new coaching staff, new changes for Nebraska, if they come out tomorrow and handle Northwestern pretty cleanly, I think that's giving me more of testament to the new coaches um, rather than maybe the talent that's on the field because Nebraska clearly has be uh, better talent. Yeah, it's that sustainability, which has been so impressive uh, from Pat Fitzgerald. I mean, um, I was explaining this earlier, Northwestern's uh, program success, like record-wise, is so cyclical because it's so hard to recruit there and they get the the two and three star uh, underdeveloped guys, and then they have to develop them over the course of two, three, four years. And then they'll have well, every two, three years where they have a really standout season. Like when they um, went to the big 10 conference championship game during the shortened 20, uh, 2020 season. Um, and then last year they went three and nine, three and nine, or yeah, I couldn't remember if it was three two or three and nine, but um, same record as Nebraska. <laughs> They, I'm sure Nebraska fans will be happy that you reminded them of that, Steve. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just funny that – or not funny, but um, impressive that Fitzgerald's been able to, to have that sustained success, um, and we'll see. One more bonus bowl prediction uh, that I want to get from Jeff. He's done, he doesn't know that I'm going to ask him this. Is Nebraska volleyball winning the national championship this year? Oh, you're putting it on me now. I feel, like, um, I feel like if you said yes, that wouldn't even be that. Wow. Like, wow. Pick him to win the national championship. Like, all right. I'll, I'll say yes. I, I think so. I think there's enough talent there. Uh, I think Texas is going to push them really close. Like, Texas had a bunch of new transfers. It's going to take them. It'll be interesting to see how long it takes them to gel together. But I think by, by the time December rolls around, I think it's to be neck and neck between the two. I, I'm thinking you could have a national championship game like you had last year where Wisconsin won by a few points over Nebraska. I think that could be this year where Nebraska does that with Texas. Um, so we'll certainly see, but I think it's going to be those two by year's end. Well, if they are playing the national championship, uh, competing for that, it's possible, depending on how this season goes for Nebraska football, that the volleyball team could be playing longer than football team. Uh, once again, I don't think uh, any of us well, maybe some of us, I don't know. Um, I think I, me and Steve have season records of seven and five uh, for, for Nebraska football. Greg, what was your season prediction? It was the particular hell of six and six. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that would, yeah, that would bring up some stuff that would be some mighty interesting decisions. And I feel like we can never have nice things. So it'll just take a turn and go six and six. Jeff, what, can I put you on the spot again? What was your record prediction? Uh, I have them five and seven. I don't see them making a bowl game because until they show they can win in clutch moments and games, I have to see it. And they haven't shown it in 
any season under Scott Frost. So until I see them do it, I don't think they're going to. Yeah, I, I respect that look too because I'm kind yeah. of a Missouri show me state type of mentality. A lot of times, I, I think the schedule lines up for him to be to have a seven and five finish or six and six, but five and seven, I don't think is I I don't think that's blasphemy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, depending on how some things go, but uh, how things go, we'll we'll uh, start to get that an idea of that on Saturday. We're now. Um, was doing math here 26 hours and 20 minutes away from kickoff from Aviva Stadium the Dublin debut um, these were our first round of bold predictions and Jeff I'll throw you an extra uh, three points for boldness for Nebraska uh, national title title win at the end of the season if uh, if that happens since I threw you on the spot there because none of the none of us predict had to predict the volleyball national championship and uh, I'm not I'm certainly not going to right now um, we have a we have a football game to to focus on Saturday. Jeff's going to be out uh, um, at the the Husker volleyballs uh, volleyball team's debut um, this weekend. Corpus Christi and and Tulsa um, first up on the docket, and I'll be on the ground uh, in Dublin providing providing coverage of the uh, the season opener. Steve and Greg will be stateside uh, providing um, coverage as well. Jeff will be alongside. Um, this is uh, this is the core four right here that's going to be providing a lot of coverage uh, all season long. We have our weekly game week uh, content plan already in place, and we got a lot of good stuff, written and digital content coming for you guys. Um, just a reminder to please subscribe to the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel for free, um, and then Nebraska.rivals.com. Subscribe there to uh, to get all of our premium content and access to our our message boards. Um, one of the most interesting seasons that we could have uh, we could ask for coming up for Nebraska football. A lot of things that could happen, good, bad, or indifferent. So we will we'll get all of it rocking and rolling on on Saturday at five 